you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL podcast. Overperformed in a contract year. <laughs> That's right. From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hans's Heroes here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. And yeah, we did sign new contracts earlier this year. But we've actually worked harder than ever, ever, and that, that my friends, is a sign of internal makeup. I think it tells you who we are um, at the core. Are we gonna Are we gonna glide and float because we signed those contracts? Right. Most of us would not. No. Professionals. I think our our outfits also say who we are. Mark, rocking the business on top party on the bottom beautiful sport coat but then the uh, carefully ripped jeans below I very love careful meticulously ripped up <laughs> I, I have what nights jeans i call i them. have explained to you multiple <laughs> times that i own three pairs of jeans that are functional i like it you know i'm just it saying it's, i would it's burbank days up top hollywood nights down i am low. just telling you like if i were not in a laundry scenario i would never wear these jeans uh, to work for this exact reason the old now chris wessling uh, explanation <laughs> wes used to come super dressed up for a podcast every once in a while and be like chris what's going on why are you all of a sudden wearing khakis and a button shirt and a, a pullover sweater he's like Everything else is dirty. Because it's absolutely true. That's why. <laughs> Mark's old one would be like, I have to leave the house early and I dress in the dark. Do you remember that? Well, that the was accurate also. These are, these are true uh, <laughs> anecdotes. I believe it to be um, for men, especially men our age. Um, you're older, Mark, obviously, but um, <laughs> in, a, in a sartorial only, sense. Only, only numerology from a numbers angle. Got yeah, it. That's that's what counts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's, I've said it on the show before. There's a lot of self-consciousness with men, especially middle-aged men, about how they're dressed. They feel uncomfortable with it because I think it's part of getting older. And so whenever it gets brought up, it gets it gets a little bit like, oh, but this? I was dressing in the dark. I don't even know what I'm wearing. <laughs> well, that's fair. But I also think that there is a heightened um, element of analy- analyzing what one, one wears in this room. It happens. 
It happens, but it's all it's out of pointed love. out, you know, and it's made a thing of. So. <laughs> Bur- Burbank days, Hollywood nights. Uh, by the way, if you want to see us at night and maybe even see, can you please wear these jeans for the live show? The people need to see if them. you remind me. Okay. Or if I am reminded. Uh, around the NFL Live, the homecoming show, Wednesday, January 18th from the Bourbon Room in Hollywood. Of course, Mark has to wear the Hollywood Nights jeans in Hollywood. Doors open at 7 p.m. Tickets still available. Not too many, but they are available. Go to Ticketmaster uh, or go to our Instagram feed. Uh, check the link in the bio. Join us. It's going to be fun. Very few available. Seven tickets remain. Yeah. <laughs> like Willy Wonka get the golden ticket all right a lot to get to no buys it's week 16 the machine is cranking on Christmas week Jason Harwitz Hanukkah week nights great call by the Raiders wonder what Brent Musburger would have said imagine Musburger's jackpot baby after the Chandler Jones touchdown on Sunday no glorious Musburger probably would not have said it was a Hanukkah miracle Um, I didn't know that was coming. No. Can I hear Brent again? I don't know where he's somewhere in Vegas right now. Jackpot, baby! Like, I don't think Brent, who's an older man now, I don't think he survives the jackpot baby after the Chandler Jones touchdown. No, that would have been the end. Um, So it's good that he didn't do it. Let's get to the games of week 16. Um, And usually we start with the primetime games, and we have three Christmas Day games this year. There's... Obviously, um, the Saturday night game, the Monday night game, a reminder that me and my dad will handle the Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets recap. Um, Check that out uh, going up late Thursday night. Let's start with the draft this week. Like it. I like just better games. Well, because it's Saturday, though. We're doing it in order. It is confusing. I think a lot of people will be out doing things on Christmas Eve or with their family, and they'll be like, wait, this isn't NFL Sunday, but it's Saturday. You know, Greg, this is very much on your radar. I think this puts you in a position, whether it's from a PSA angle or getting on Twitter, getting on. Well, no, you did it through this vehicle, but you're talking about people that maybe don't even listen to this show. How do you bring the news to the average American slash international person? Average Joe. Right. I'm just going to, instead of being a caroler, I'm just going to walk the streets of Los Angeles <laughs> letting people know as a public service. You're going to be arrested. <laughs> I have the first overall pick in the draft this week, and I will select uh, the NFL Total Access Game of the Week. That's a thing, by the way. Hmm. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at Dallas Cowboys from Jera World. Here we go. And what a break. Not a break. It was earned, and the Cowboys didn't get it done. Last week against the Jaguars, they blow a big lead in the second half and coupled with another Eagles win uh, against the Bears, now there's a three-game difference in the standings here. So the Eagles are in really good shape regardless of the outcome. They already beat the Cowboys the first time, so they don't have to worry about any type of uh, head-to-head uh, sweep that leads to a tiebreaker issue. This team's trying to win the number one seed, and at 13-1, and I think they need, Greg, one more win to do it. Simple. Not so simple. They don't have their quarterback this week. Jalen Hurts with the shoulder issue uh, is going to be rested, uh, and it will be Gardner Minshew starting for the Eagles. Going to Dallas, uh, Mark, I know you've long had a, a warm spot in your heart for Minshew. He's a very marked player. Uh, but I am with you. Uh, we talked a little before the show started. This feels like a spot where surrounded by all this talent, don't think that the Eagles are going to go to Dallas and get beat up here because I think they're going to play well. No, it's not going to like a C-grade backup where you have to completely change everything you do. I think that uh, the Gardner Minshew pickup, you know, which happened before this season, obviously, um, was another example of Howie Roseman 
you know, who's, who's had hot and cold streaks with the Eagles, but has essentially built two Super Bowl contenders um, over the course of his run when he wasn't sent out to the back shed when Chip Kelly was there for a year and a half. Uh, in how, five years, he's he's built up two separate. Pretty true crazy Super Bowl teams. because if you yeah. think about why Doug Peterson left, it was over a slight rift over having to make some coaching changes and not wanting to go through a rebuild. Well, the rebuild lasted like a year, and then you found out, oh wait, Jalen Hurts, who was on an audition a year ago, is a superstar and a potential MVP winner. Um, I think though the Gardner Minshew hire was another example of how well this team is built top to bottom because Minshew has a 41 to 12 touchdown to interception ratio. He had a a season with the Jaguars where it was like 21 touchdowns and six picks. So the one thing I'd say about him is you're not going to put him in the lineup and have a bunch of wacky business going on where where the Eagles can be beat if they were to turn the ball over three times against the Cowboys. They are really good um, on offense in terms of their versatility. You've got great wide receivers. I think this is a big opportunity for Miles Sanders to have a big game where I think some of his opportunities, because you have Jalen Hurts running the ball sometimes 10-plus times, you're going to lead on Miles Sanders, and, and, and Minshew's mobile as well. So I just think that this is not a fatal blow for Philly at all, and I don't think they'd see it that way. Right, right. I love the Eagles plus five in this game. It was up to six at one point this week. That that seems crazy to me. I think they have a good chance to win. Minshew has tape on the Eagles. Uh, he was 41 for 60 last year with four touchdowns, moved the ball, uh, put up a lot of points. Uh, against the Cowboys. Granted, there, there was backups playing, and it was it was a strange, but also had a win against the Jets. So I think we've seen he can work in this system. And I, I think you got to use the Cowboys' aggressiveness against them. We saw the Jaguars do, do it a week ago, and it got me thinking this Cowboys' defense is not quite where it was early in the season. They've had some injuries, and they're not big-name players. Leighton Vanderish, Anthony Brown, but you've seen their replacements get picked on. And uh, you saw, who was it? Kelvin Joseph at cornerback is going to probably have to match up against Devontae Smith on the outside or or A.J. Brown. That's a major mismatch. Uh, They had a a linebacker come into the game for Dallas who who really got picked on as well. Deron Bland's actually played pretty well for the Cowboys as a replacement, but it hasn't been the dominant Cowboys. I think you can run on this team, and we know the Eagles love to run. Yeah, the Joseph thing is something to keep an eye on because he did get picked on um, last week by Trevor Lawrence, and you know that's going to be something uh, the Philly's going to want to replicate. Um, they also, the pass rush of the Eagles is going to be a big part of this. Uh, Dak Prescott has had some issues with being loose with the football this year. A lot of turnovers in his starts. Um, every week now, the Eagles are picking up um, lots of sacks. They have six-plus sacks in three straight games this year. They're up to 55 sacks this year, which is closing in on the franchise record back in 89 when they had all those studs like Reggie White and Jerome Brown. Um, so they can wreak ha- havoc that way. One thing that's not getting a ton of uh, love or deserves a little more credit with the Cowboys this year, their offensive line, which I know isn't at the heyday levels of a few years back, but they're getting better. Their pass protection has been great. They did not allow a sack last week. One of the reasons I think that, that those takedown numbers are so high for Philadelphia is that their secondary is so stacked. I mean, Darius Slay, Bradbury, they have against deeper passes, 10-plus yards, they allow a 48.1 passer rating, which is 17 points lower than the next closest team, which is Seattle. And so you're basically clogging up all passing lanes, which is a problem for Dak Prescott. They can run the ball. They also have 14 interceptions on, on those type of throws. So they are a takeaway defense. Mm. And I just like the matchup for them. I, I am annoyed by one thing, though, because I feel like I've been out of Brown Town and I keep seeing these <laughs> like talking head shows about how Dak Prescott threw the pick six now. to end the game last week. Well, it bounced off 
Noah Brown's chest, by the way. I mean, he has turned the ball over and he does force throws, but he didn't throw that pick six in a natural, like, oh, I didn't see the field and, like, it was a it's terrible a play. Throw. They should have won the game. I mean, it just wasn't on Dak. I think it's just he's such an easy target. Go ahead. So tell, tell the people out there, watch the game. Well, I, I just did. I said, but just go, say wa- directly, go watch the play. Please go watch the play and yes. tell me if the wide receiver, if it bouncing Bef- off the chest right. of another Before human you tell has me something that Dak to do choked with it. in overtime, right. go watch the play. There you go. The offensive line you mentioned for the Cowboys. <laughs> We've done our job here. <laughs> uh, that has played really well, especially on the ground, and I think that's how they win this game. I think both teams are better when they play with the lead and, and can run, and I think the Cowboys will be able to run on Philadelphia, although their run defense has improved. There have been a lot of changes. I mean, last week, Tyron Smith, a future Hall of Famer, people throw that out pretty easily. I think with Tyron Smith, it's safe. Uh, they now have potentially three future Hall of Famers on this offensive line. Which that is, seems good. Which is crazy with Zach Martin and Jason Peters now mixing it. But Tyron Smith is playing right tackle out of nowhere. He's never played right tackle before. I think they're going to keep that going. Jason Peters is mixing in at the different tackle positions. It's a bigger test this week of this new setup with the guys playing different position against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do want to say, I, I think CeeDee Lamb is one guy that can make this Philadelphia secondary, that can win matchups. Like, I just love what CeeDee Lamb is, is giving them. And I think Dak played well last week. I still like the Cowboys to win this game, but I just feel like it's a mm. coin flip. Yeah, I, I'm a little, my radar's up about the Cowboys right now. This they, they, mm. There's a whiff of something familiar around them as the season reaches, it, regular season is reaching its conclusion. This is a kind of me like a show me game for the Cowboys. Like, you did get a gift here with Jalen Hurts out. I know Minshew's a good backup, but he's no, he's not not even close to Jalen Hurts and what this offense is when they have their guy. Go win this game in your building. Yeah, I mean, if you lose, Go in you, it. you nearly lost to the Texans. Um, you were outshined by the Jaguars, which I, was notable to me. And I get it. If you don't go beat a Jalen Hurts-free Eagles team, I'm just not sure what we say about the Cowboys other than they're a playoff team that probably will be off as in every other Cowboys exactly. playoff team. Show us that that's not going to be your fate again this year. Mm. Up next in the draft is Greg Rosenthal. It is a bizarre week of games here. We have uh, seven early. I'm not going to take one. I'm going to take 49ers Commanders late because I, I just want one of the two late games. And right now, the 49ers... What am I, what am I supposed to do during the... You the just hang out. Uh, wrap your gifts. Because we're also going to be sons. in our residences, our homes. So, yes. I mean, I could do, I could get up to you any, know, so anything I, I want to do, basically. You could, you could just watch the games and contribute to the Pet conversation the equally. I think it doesn't <laughs> change that show. much. Yeah, okay. I'm going to take it because... Uh, and I'm pulling a fast one here. I, I told the, the producers I was taking a different game. I changed my mind mid-sentence, and they're just well, on they're the ball. Over there. You they're can watch good. this on YouTube if you're not uh, uh, listening or you want to double up, see what we're wearing, see Mark's jeans. Maybe he'll stand up at Hollywood the end of the night. show. Under the, table. the 49ers, to me, are just kind of must-watch each week. I love this Purdy experience because I think this is a perfect game for them. I don't think they'll be tested overall, and they do need to keep winning to try to go get the two seed. Uh, but they certainly will be tested when they're on offense. And I, I think the interior line of this, the 49ers has really played better than you would expect throughout the course of the season. But, man, adding Arc Armstead to this defensive line at this point in the season feels like one of the best additions out there because Armstead really wasn't himself early in the year. Then he has this injury. He comes back, and he was a monster uh, last week. And I'd love to see, uh, rather, what Purdy and the defense, uh, the offense for the 49ers does against Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Montez Sweat and Chase Young might be back. So it's kind of like a, a perfect matchup against a commander's team. I think they'll get Purdy on the move 
he throws better on the move than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that he's going to be better, but he does some things better, and I, I think he throws better on the move. And, and since you brought it up, it made me think of the last vital play of that game last week uh, when Purdy, you know, it was a pass play. He scrambles to the right. He gets the first down. I'm just like, does Jimmy G make that play? And I'm not saying that Purdy's a better player than Jimmy G. No, I don't uh, think so. But I think he he's adding a little bit more athleticism to the position. And, and if he's going to be able to hit passes like Jimmy G, like he's done so far, they are, they're cooking over, here. Over his two games, he the 49ers have a 5.29 offensive EPA per game. And that is the highest um, of any starting quarterback ever during the Kyle Shanahan Niners era. I mean, I know it's a two-game sample size, but he's looked the part. It hasn't been an aberration or like they're playing around him. It's the complete opposite. He's been totally aggressive. I do think like there's an opportunity for Washington. They're the fourth-run defense in DVOA. Um, I'm not sure any of that matters when you're playing the Niners because they just find a way to destroy you one way or another. And Christian McCaffrey like fits in so well with this team. And then I look at their defense, and it's like, yeah, you know, Washington – I would have said they had no chance on that Monday night game going in against the Eagles. They would be flattened by that team, and they found a way to hang around. I mean, I guess that's their move, but you got Nick Bosa, who to me, outside of Micah Parsons, looks like the defensive player of the year. He leads the league in sacks. They've added Armstead. They've just been dominant. They haven't allowed more than 17 points in a game going back to week seven, I believe. Yes, and they have allowed, and they're basically, they're statistically the same defense, if not better, than the 1984 defense that beat Dan Marino in the Super Bowl. The commanders are... Heavy underdogs this week. Home for the Browns. Home for the Cowboys, who may or may not be playing for anything that week. Probably really won't. Right. There's a real chance here they go one and two and miss the playoffs. And there there's a chance they go zero and three. It, it is nothing is guaranteed for this Commanders team. That, that the loss obviously against the Giants was a killer for them because it removed any wiggle room and now they have a tough schedule. So I don't expect Washington. Uh, to pull this off, I'm just checking out a New York Times playoff picture percentage breakdown. They have them at a 41% chance to make the playoffs. Right. Giants up to 88% chance now. So there you go. Um, they need this game. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you on the 49ers. It's just like they're so they're an interesting team to watch right now because they already were a compelling team that was talented and well-coached and obviously feels a little overdue uh, for a Super Bowl win. And now that you've added this Purdy element to it, their story just got a lot more interesting. Mm, it got yeah. a little more Hollywood on top of it. So it's just a fun team to well, follow. Well, you asked right like a couple weeks ago, like what's the you know the variance here? Is they fall off a cliff, or Purdy becomes this sort of Super Bowl hero that is one of the greatest sports Huge stories story. around? And it's like, uh oh, we're trending towards the totally <laughs> unlikely oh, no. side of that spectrum. Oh no, media night, the 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 the, the huge circle well, of people around Purdy. 700 yeah. questions about being Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, or, or here's another option for for media night, Jerry Jones. Ew. I'll take Purdy. By the way, Nick Bosa is now. Jerry would be pretty good at this stage what? of the game just, on a media need, night, do I, need, do I need two straight weeks of it? No, I don't. I would love either <laughs> one of those teams uh, in the Super Bowl. I think the NFC were getting a fun fun team no matter what, a bizarre team no matter what. I'm, I'm intrigued. I think, yeah. I think you might miss Jerry when he's gone. I don't. He's you know a character. You know I what? want a Cowboys I, Super Bowl before. All I said was two straight weeks of it. It's I can too take late. Jerry Jones in you know doses. Don't you want it once though? We haven't had it. I want. I it. had it. I once would love in the a 90s. Cowboys Super Bowl. It'd, it'd be exciting. I was alive in 1994, Greg. I don't know where you were. Quickly, Nick Bosa. Uh, well, we weren't covering football. I'm just saying, Speak as for yourself. covering it. Uh, You're a camp happiness by the lake. I had. I <laughs> back then. S'mores. I would make my own. I made my own football magazine on a dot matrix printer in my room, so I was covering it to some degree. Nerd alert. Well, it was nerdy. 
I didn't have a car I couldn't drive. I would love to see those. Actually, I think I have. Did you bring them in once? No. I, mean, I don't have them on hand. They're, at, they're in a box in my parents' house somewhere. Oh, win Mark's old football magazines would be a good off-season game show. I sure. noticed um, this week Nick Bosa is now the favorite for defensive player of the year over Parsons. That's one of the races mm. I'm watching nicely, nice mm. and closely the I last three fair, weeks. Though, I, don't you? I think it's fair. I Did, think it's a it's a coin flip. I would maybe take Parsons right now, but 49ers That's why you have like that one hear. through five. But, uh, vote, that's what's you good don't that. for defense, oh, though. You it's don't. only well, MVP, sure. uh, which is annoying. But, yeah, I wouldn't I have a problem. I think these last three weeks are big. I don't like to circle back, but two things. Parsons did miss practice this week with an illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and did you mention that Calvin Joseph is benched? No, yes. I didn't know that. He, um uh, Dan Quinton said Monday that there's a competition now to determine who will play a cornerback opposite Trayvon Diggs. Hmm. So they're scrambling now. And the guy that they identified to replace Anthony Brown didn't work out. So that is, go, you know, Minshew is licking his chops there. But we got to spin forward through that game, through the second game to Mark I'll Sessler. I'll just say this, we're nobody's underdog. Yeah, Zaddy. Third pick, Mark Sessler. Uh, I'm just like this. It's Christmas time. Um, I want to give myself gifts, things that I'd actually want. Um, so I'm going to go Buffalo, Chicago. That's what Christmas is about. <laughs> Give myself gifts yeah. that I want. Well, that's how I operate. <laughs> I'm not saying that's the, the actual mold that people sh- other people should follow. Yes. It is better to receive than to give. In some cases, Christmas. it is. Uh, Why here Buffalo we go the, at Chicago? Uh, the quarterbacks. It's really yeah. easy for me. I mean, I think I, think I want to see for me it's the trajectory of watching Josh Allen down the stretch, you know, they got into a bit of trouble against the Dolphins, obviously. I thought Miami made that obvi- a game where you needed Josh Allen suddenly when the snow started to fall to take over that thing. And I love that just a couple years ago it was considered a hazardous draft pick that could have gone all over the map. And to watch what he did, 381 yards, four touchdowns, and you're going to get the fumbles with Josh Allen. I think it's just sort of part of his game this year. It's not going to be as pristine as it was under the heights of Brian Dable, perhaps. So it's like I'm willing to live – with the turnovers here and there when it's not killing them because he'll fl- he'll flip around and do the 44-yard run and dive for the two-point conversion that no one else can do. And then it's like, all right, so on the flip <laughs> side, why do I pick the Bears? Obviously, like, no matter what, Justin Fields is surrounded by really nothing in the passing game. Like, their wide receiver group is absurd. And it doesn't really seem to matter. He's unstoppable on the ground. And I wanted to see, can Buffalo, it's a great test. They might have to deal with some mobile quarterbacks down the stretch here. Like, can you stop Justin Fields? Because no one else can. Watching him absolutely destroy last week. It's like he just every week is going to do three or four things that makes the Bears, they're suddenly in a game they shouldn't be in, I feel like, every week. Because of him. Because simply because of him. Their defense also showed up for the first time in about three months after their bye, and I do think it's interesting to watch teams after their bye. They often fix some things. They're, they're also a little healthier on defense, not on offense. You mentioned Clay, uh, the receiver group. Claypool mm. is out. Equinemius St. Brown is out. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, who's played well for them uh, on their offensive line, is out. So Cody Whitehair might be out also up front. So it's like they have really lost weapons, and I, I just want Fields to get to the end of the season here without getting hurt. I, I would say with Allen, um, the same is true. But And this is a perfect test because they should be able to put up 30-plus points. But you mentioned it. On the other side of the ball, Khalil Herbert's coming back for Chicago. They have Herbert, Montgomery, Fields. Buffalo got pushed around a little bit against Miami in the run game. Yeah. And that was kind of an old Sean McDermott thing. If this defense had a hole, was in run defense. It hasn't been a problem this year, but this is a great test for them. And I, I thought last week was a perfect test. Test uh, for the Bills and their ability to 
kind of look a loss in the eye on Saturday night, down eight points in the fourth quarter against a good opponent and find a way to win that game. I just, you know, I moved. It's all kind of silly. I know that. But in the power rankings, I moved the Bills one spot ahead of the Bengals this week, um, flopped them basically three and four because I was just like, I just think when it comes down to it this year, Josh Allen's not going to be denied. Like that's more about Buffalo than Cincinnati. Well, they get right. to play in next week. So and they- Allen specifically in their ability. And that's that's such a huge – when you look at where these – where these teams stack up. Buffalo is at 11 and 3. Chiefs at 11 and 3. Buffalo has the tiebreaker on the Chiefs. But guess what? If things hold into next week and Cincinnati's 10 and 4 and they beat Buffalo, then they both have four losses and Cincinnati has that tiebreaker in their head to head. They just need to win out the Bengals to get the one seed. They're the Ravens, though, one, after Buffalo. And one Chiefs loss. What does that even mean anymore? I don't know. What it, right. It may mean nothing, but it's just if you get Lamar, it's a division game. They're, the Bengals got one of the or one of these teams tagged with a tougher like final three games here. Absolutely. But but it's pretty simple for them. If they could win out, they just need one Chiefs loss and they get the number one seed. So it well, is it is fascinating. These three teams have really pulled uh, ahead of the pack. And yet I kind of I still feel like the any Justin Fields game feels a little dangerous right now. Just we looking should. forward to him having a you know a team around him. By and, the way, uh, just like stay healthy. I would just then. note that the Chiefs, like for your one loss business, they got the Seahawks, but then they got the Broncos and Raiders. So something would really need to go wrong. I think there. the Raiders would. It's crazy. Would That's be in the, Vegas. the best chance there, just because yeah. it's a division game. But you're right; they'll be and should be heavily favored in every game. And we've been talking about the Bears in this way, um, which for several weeks, which really is a credit, obviously, to Fields. They lose literally every week. They've lost seven straight games. So They have the They're second, like they have second score, overall though. pick right now. It's right. crazy. They've got more cap space than anyone. It's kind, of been, 11. it's kind of been perfect. Other than that Jets game, they're like always in these games, and yeah, they always lose them. All right, let's take a break, and we will roll on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. 
All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, welcome back. In case you're just joining us, uh, Mark Sessler, Burbank up top, Hollywood down low. He might even show you his pants at the end of the show. Some people talking, but definitely if you go to the live well, show, I'd say like we should we should make yeah. it. A, you know, it's a live. Yeah, show you know what? Situation. You don't get the pants. No, you don't get to see it. But if you go to Hollywood <laughs> on January 18th in the Bourbon Room and see ATN Live, all our listeners yeah. on the East Coast or in the UK or They're Australia, like, like kayak.com, AmericanAirlines.com. How do we get there? Well, let's motivate our Australian listeners. Hit me up recently. They're they're number four. Shout out to Australia. Well, big fan base there. Get here. Um, anyway, you're up, Mark. <laughs> All right, like I said, I'm picking games that I would I want to watch. I'm going to be home on the That's couch on that Saturday. That's typically how we do this. Uh, Saints yeah. at Browns. I knew this was coming. I uh, can I tell you a, a weird reason? Like you could you could probably guess five reasons why you'd think I'd pick this, and I'll tell you why I really. You're back to being a Browns fan. No, yeah. not at all. Like I <laughs> love watching the Saints. Outdoors and cold weather. I just love seeing them thrown out of the dome. Plus, the Browns are your favorite team. It, it they, they are not. It is going to be. I heard this. Plus, they um, were your favorite team for 35 years, and started to let go of that. Well, that is true, but I mean, <laughs> things have changed, and they're on. I'm on a break from them right now, so we'll see what happens. Thank but you for what saying a- that. It was Andrew Siciliano in our newsroom who announced loudly that it's going to be 62 mile per hour wind gusts in Cleveland. Andrew said something loud. Well, he does like. I think he likes to prepare for his show. He's got a booming I broadcaster's voice. Sit near him, and yes. it's great to sit near him. We have discussions about things. I love um, Andrew. I sometimes think of Andrew like as a three-year-old, just like having a conversation with his mom, just like, "Oh, what would you like? I would like, I would like cereal." Like he just, even as a young he's child, an avid listener to this show, Greg. So yeah, he's going to hear what you said. That was slightly said. offensive, actually. No, and I Andrew, was just I saying. Yeah, I think he was born with this beautiful, booming broadcaster voice that you had that for uh, birth. Yeah, I imagine. Oh, so the the voice was the same at, at when he was three years old. Right. He's now not the, now. I messed up. Like it makes sense. At first, it made it. You, yeah. you, I didn't you, execute you, it. No. You made him sound like he's an infant. Yeah. As a man, I didn't which is not typically it. taken well by a man. Let's just move forward. We love you. He's probably jogging right now while he listens to this. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I want to see like I guess from a Cleveland angle, like each week is a little bit more of what does this offense want to be? I think that they've kind of lost their way with Watson in there. He's, he's averaging 6.47 air yards per attempt, which is down Ow. almost three air yards, two and a half from where he was with the Texans. So, I mean, we know that he's a, he's getting uh, you know back into the groove of things here. Uh, I think that they, it's it's thrown their run game off. Um, it's weird that, like, watching that Ravens game again, like, wait a minute, suddenly it's – I know the Ravens are compromised on offense massively, but, like, the Browns' defense has been – They've shown up a couple weeks here. Like they, yeah. they're a different defense right now. Like Denzel Ward, I thought played his best game of the year against Baltimore. Miles Garrett, it's not just Miles Garrett at this point. Like he really, really is. Like uh, I know he's he would never be Defensive Player of the Year because they've been a bad defense. And but individually, he's had I think his best season. I really do. Nick Chubb was a question mark. It sounds like he will practice. I think that's essential for them. And when it comes to the Saints, like I know that 
they're a very frustrating team to their fan base right now with massive questions because I don't think you have a coach or a quarterback going into next season. I mean, you definitely don't. I don't like the coach situation, and I'm not sure what happens. You could keep Andy Dalton around as a fill-in-the-blank backup, but what are we really selling anyone there? But you do have, quietly, in Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, and Jawan Johnson, like the, make, the makings of a really good wide receiver group. And so each week it seems like I'm looking up and Andy Dalton is not the Andy Dalton that I knew for a long time. He's like a deep ball thrower in this offense at times and like quite intriguing and like I'm a comfortable mm. in his own skin version of Andy Dalton. So He's played very would, clean. Yeah, and he, he's used to this weather. So let's see what happens in Cleveland. I mean, yeah, the weather is hard to imagine overcoming um, to have like a great passing game. Although you never know in these games. Like Philly, Chicago, Hurts was throwing the ball down the field with a sprained shoulder and it was like 15 degrees. So I guess you, you never know the saints can't really run the ball though. And you do feel like the better running team wins this game. And I, and so I trust the Browns more. You're right. The defense has looked better. Part of that is you played Huntley and the Texans, but they also made life very difficult on the Bengals in that game. I felt like the Bengals were, were lucky to end up winning that game convincingly. They had to work really hard uh, for what they got. And so there's some optimism for whichever team wins this game. This is essentially an elimination game for these two teams. The Saints, especially if they could win, have like a somewhat realistic path to surviving to week win 18. by an NFC South team in December at this point it's puts huge. them in the driver's it's seat. Immense. But to, this, to the same point, and I think this is going to be doomsday for the Saints because they lose to Cleveland, which I expect them to do here. And the Bucks beat a third string quarterback in Arizona. That's it. They're eliminated from contention and you could take uh, at least one team out of the mix in the NFC South this year. I've just like, I've seen too much inconsistency in general from the Saints this year to expect them They're maddening. to to take that wind and, and then build on it with a big road win in bad conditions, a dome team. I just don't see it. I just think Cleveland, like from a record angle, if you win this, you're seven and eight, you got the Commanders. All right, I think that's anyone could beat the Commanders on the right day. And then you've got the Steelers, like which they hand they match it pretty well with the Steelers. M- much of the AFC race, in terms of the sketchier lower teams, amounts to them needing the Dolphins and or the Chargers to lose two out of three. And and then if they do, it comes down to tiebreakers and in, in which team it is. I think that's realistic that either the Dolphins or the Chargers could lose two out of three or maybe even all three, I, I think the Browns, the winner of this game is, is going to be in it. But but the offense, to your point, Mark, yeah, it's much worth it with, with Watson. They were fifth in passing, fourth in offense with Percet. They're 22nd in passing, 24th in offense yeah, with Watson. It's, they it's, fall it's, it's a, a markedly cliff. visually different team. Um, and remember, uh, when we're talking all these AFC permutations, some of those brutal Cleveland losses, like, for instance, the one to the Jets, uh, they don't have the tiebreaker there. So th- there's so many things that have to go right for Cleveland to get Chargers in, but too. start by winning all these games. And Andy Dalton, winless on the road in four starts, uh, and they have, they've they uh, averaged 15 points per game in those road games. PFF's so. number two quarterback this year in passing grade. The Daltonessance has happened quietly, that, like, I, very and, quietly. Well, with all due respect to PFF, like some of the quarterback situations, yeah. it's like to the eye, is Andy Dalton that? Like, yeah, I get, I I get where they're coming from. PFF's going to keep this one under their hat. I get it, though. He's played clean, and they just like don't ask well, him to watch, do much, so wait, he never makes any mistakes. To your point of Andy Dalton on the road or outside, like go watch him in that Steelers game. That was like, that. you're going to get that every I third game, I love PFF, but yeah. uh, some things you keep under the hat. We like, love ooh, them. We adore them. There's a glitch in the algorithm. Algorithm here. Yeah. Let's just keep this one under the mat. Uh, Greg, you're up. 
Am I? I'm taking the around the NFL team, uh, better known yeah. as the Come team on, let's, let's of around the NFL. It's there the Lions. The three-year-old it's adults. the Panthers. <laughs> I take round NFL team the. It's like I'm already on <laughs> Christmas vacation here. What is happening? Sometimes uh, I forget we're even recording. I am so see, happy. See, that's what makes it a good show, though. You know, just three guys chopping it up. <laughs> yeah. Just like three buddies in a bar. All it's right. like that's the show right there. That's they're the show just, right they're there. just friends. The football stuff is football like stuff, oh, they're fine. You get that guys, anywhere. It's like they're just buddies. It's like that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, am so excited. Mark didn't take this. It was maybe a, a strategic error by myself uh, to even let it uh, sit out there. I uh, love this Lions team. I love the way the defense tackles, and I think that shows up big this week because this Panthers team. Couldn't get the running game going last week. They count on a lot of yards after the catch. And this secondary for the Lions, maybe they're not great in coverage. They're okay. Uh, But the pass rush has been showing up. But when you get a ball out on the edge, or whether it's the running game or not, if it's Akuda, if it's one of the safeties, if it's the linebackers like Rodrigo, if it's Aiden Hutchinson in the running game, they just play with great energy and they tackle really well. And it's it can be underrated, but you can just... Look at it, and you can see it. And I think the way that they're going to lose this season at some point is a great passing attack uh, exposes them. And I just don't see that with Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold has stabilized this Panthers offense. I think he's been the best quarterback they've had this year. you got to give him some credit. He, he's not making a huge mistake. He's had some nice Sam throws. Darnold. But they're so unaggressive in terms of the way they call games compared to the Lions, who are aggressive in every situation. That's why I love them on the road this week. That's why I'm locking up there the team around the NFL. Very good. This is a problem. Uh-oh. Uh, this this has not worked out in the past for me, but I alerted oh, our production team no. that I am also locking up the Lions. Um, but I feel, Greg, I think this is our chance to get the lock rose. Are you I we've won, we've won two and we won last time. We won a couple in a row. I think I you, we lost. I we think lost. you're wrong. You Maybe we lost daddies? at some point. Or the Lock Bros? What were you guys? I can't even well, I don't even know if we had a trenchant nickname. I mean, we we have to come up with one after we do There's win just, this. It's like uh, when a Hollywood studio takes two real heavyweight stars. And just sticks them together in a production, and be like, "Oh, that will work." But you need chemistry, and I, I think when you guys lock up, there's just there's something off in the mix. And like that's why you would, you would like this to be true, but the whole like, "Oh, we're on a roll here." You guys are sinking in this lock lock competition because of games that you agreed on taking two big L's. Whereas I, I at well, least remember the last time we did it, we were fine, Mark. I, yeah, I, I don't I trust feel your memory. That I don't like level. I don't like locking up with you because you're in the lead spot, well, that's so like true. nothing changes. And the other thing is, Greg, you typically by Sunday regret locking with another human. So it's like why well, did no, I didn't know. I made the first know. pick here, and uh, it was time to And to let make it be known, pick. the last time that Mark and I locked together, that was waved off as um, an issue because uh, Mark was out that week, and we didn't have a chance to vibe before it's we a vibe made the thing. lock No, together. it's really yeah. sort of an – we just could look at each other's eyes, and we know that it's, it's lock bros time didn't to get a chance gas. to lock I've eyes. I checked right. the stats. Yeah. Last time uh, Mark and I locked together was a successful Bengals over Steelers. All right, locker. so here we go. We're on a, we're on a roll. You could say it factually – um, I like I like the lock. I have to say I, the the Panthers kind of spooked me last week, and that just when people are starting to buy in on maybe they're the NFC South team that can you know have their dignity uh, playing in January football, they let Pittsburgh basically beat them at their own game. They were more physical. They they played better defense, and in general, it was just like oh guys, you get you know. You got you got to beat the Mitch Trubisky team in your building with a chance to tie uh, for first place in the NFC South. So I lost a lot of faith in them here. 
At the same time, um, is their defense good enough to really slow down the Detroit attack? Now, the Jets did it last week, but it really depends how much you believe in Carolina's ability to do that and whether you think the Lion win, while impressive, and how it ended and how they came back and closed out the Jets there, they did not look very good in that game on offense for the first time in a while. I mean, Carolina is fourth in points allowed since week 10. So I think their defense mm. has been pretty consistent. Um, I think they've responded to Steve Wilkes really well, who I think should flat out just get that job. But I, I don't know how you stop what Detroit's doing right now. And I think it's kind of like if you're Brad Holmes, the Lions GM, because you mentioned some of these guys, like Aiden Hutchinson worked out. He's working out. Malcolm Rodriguez is working out. James Houston has one or more sacks in his last four games. There's like that's just like a stat outlier. Kirby for Joseph's these guys. a rookie has been great for them. Well, think about this. Along with Amon Ross St. Brown, who is if he were playing somewhere else would be massively celebrated. Um, Jamison Williams is getting a few more. Like at some point here, they're going to let him play like a full helping. And they're starting to look at like this team. They kind of remind me of like the 1991 Cowboys, where outside Whoa. of the golf quarterback position, Hello. I mean, even he's playing well. I'll tell you why because it's like. They were so young, and it was really just a team that had been formed in the last like two or three seasons under Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones. But like, suddenly you saw you saw like the formula come together, and they became dominant at the things they mm. were good at. And then the next season they won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying this is the Lions, but there's so many young place, pieces in place that will be here for a really long time. They've got high draft picks because of the golf thing, and the golf thing's working out better than Matthew Stafford right now outside of a Super Bowl ring. Mm. Can, can Steve Wilkes kind of muddy <laughs> the side of a Super Bowl race? Well, I'm saying the Rams, the Rams got what they wanted out of it, but the Rams are in full-fledged they chaos won, right now. But they yeah, both, they both won. won. They both right. won but big. No one thought Detroit won with golf, though. That's all. You're when right. it happened. They, they are winning big on both sides. Can Steve Wilkes kind of muddy the picture for golf and make him hold the ball? Did not play well in the cold last week. You're right. Like kind of When you get him to hold the ball and try to make a play off timing – it can get rough, and that's why I'm throwing a little fantasy nug out. I love Ooh. me some DeAndre Swift this week in, mm. in your fantasy leagues or DFS because you can see the big DeAndre Swift day coming. The explosiveness is back. It hasn't totally resulted in numbers, and you looked at this Panthers team a week ago. They got pushed around. They were dominated in that game on the ground, and so I think the Lions going to go run the ball a lot of and swift I, this week. And I think Ben Ben Johnson, who's having a great year, at offensive coordinator, I think he could get a job, uh, a big chair this January. Uh, and Dan Campbell have done a good job with Swift since he's coming back and looking better. They're not overworking him. They're, he's part of uh, the puzzle, not the piece that they're using I mean, they're playing for January. They're going to unleash him in January. Absolutely. That's sort of plan, and thank you, boys, because uh, – I got two really good games here um, to pick uh, because some games that surprised me have come off the board early. So I'm going to start here. Well, you're surprised by the team of ATL going off early? Oh, I think I threw I you take, for a I loop watch them every week. It hurt me last week. That was the first Lions game I, mean, I hadn't watched live in about seven weeks. This is the team of THAL, too. I'm not... <laughs> Cleveland, New Orleans, you weren't thinking would would have gone off. I would uh, Buffalo, Chicago, going third overall. And I know what Saints you're at. at Cleveland, Detroit at Carolina. How about Giants at Vikings? How about yeah, yeah. how about the G-Men coming off a very very big win on Sunday night? Now, did they get they get some help from uh, the zebras? They sure did. But that does not <laughs> yeah, mean. Yeah, I would say they did. <laughs> that does not mean you take away. Um, you take anything or everything away from them because I saw a lot of that early season DNA in this game and 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 that the drive that stands out to me more than any other drive in the game that made me think oh okay they might now have kind of recalibrated things and be able to take this and get to the playoffs was before the controversial game ending drive 
but after Heineke put it on the ground and Ron Rivera saying to himself, this guy's terrible. Why does everybody like him so much? <laughs> and the Giants took the ball back, and it was fourth quarter, and they needed to chew some clock and get some points, but just kind of get things stabilized here before the defense lost the game. And they just gave it to Saquon over and over, and he just ran through people over and over. And before he knew it, they kicked the field goal. That allows them to hold on and win that game. And just uh, that's important. It's Saquon's healthy or looks healthy, and the Giants now have that taste of victory again. Playing a Minnesota team that, what the hell, man? I, you don't know what to expect in this game because you never know what to expect. But you Vikings. do because, like, ten, they're 10-0 ten and 0 in one-possession games. So it's like even it's when they crazy. were losing to the Colts that way, it's like, of course they're going to – every one of these games comes no down to total – There was no, that 33 nothing or whatever it was. <laughs> I would say – I will say one thing, and you don't have to believe me, but we were on, we were texting. I didn't see yeah. this text till later, but, Dan, you said right before the half, if the Vikings can just get a touchdown here, and it, it happened later too. Right. But you were like – there was this confidence. I was that, joking, but I was also kind of serious in the sense that, like, if there's one team – well, if there's two teams that could pull this thing off right. – it was the Vikings on one side and the Colts on the other. The Colts scored, what, like, what, one offensive touchdown in that game? I mean, you want to talk about this. The Giants were the most helped by the Zebras last week. And the Vikings, yes, they won, but they had two touchdowns taken away that clearly should have hey, been scores. You know what? That's a great point. Not only did the Colts have the biggest collapse in NFL history, they also were the most helped by uh, officiating. And they still lost the game. <laughs> they got 14 <laughs> points taken off the board. By bad calls, and they still lost, and they had a 33 nothing lead. It's and so wait, so Jeff Saturday, this has been floated out there, and it's kind of remarkable that you know, obviously six weeks ago he was doing what we do. Uh, then he gave up the biggest comeback in NFL history, what which wiped away Frank Reich's Frankie. biggest comeback of all time, Frankie. front number one. But then two, the week before against Dallas, they gave up the most points in a quarter. They gave up 33, and then they they were up 33 to nothing. And then they gave that up and gave the game up. It's like Jeff Saturday's resume is insane. I think one thing about the framing with that was going on a lot. Like, oh, man, the Colts, how much they're doing Reich so dirty. I was like, Frank Reich probably is way into this. This that was a humiliating well, getting franchise paid, still low getting paid by the loss way. for the Colts. Yeah. I know that and his win was in the playoffs against the great Oilers team. No one's so forgetting it's his, totally no different. Forgetting no, his no, win. Yeah. That was a great day for Frank Reich. I love yeah. that he called Kirk Cousins this week to – talk about it and say, like, use this for good, essentially. Uh, you know, people still come up to me and it's Frank like, a, yeah, it's like mm. a great example uh, to talk to to other people about, uh. like, never give up in life. And uh, you think Cousins will do that, too, I think. He seems like the right. He's not going to use it I for could, evil. I could see him speaking at like youth ministry camps. Yeah, for exactly. Well, yeah, gonna, well Reich this. said that. That's yeah. why he called him. Is that um, he knows Kirk has a strong Christian faith. With, <laughs> it's not which, Johnny Manziel. No, he said it. I mean, and, I know. And I'm Reich, saying we right. know this league so well that like that's exactly what he then right. said. Right, yeah. Reich, Reich uh, as well. I am curious about this matchup though for Kirk. Kirk versus the Blitz. His numbers are terrible this year. They, they haven't been throughout his career. Like most veteran quarterbacks, you can usually figure things out. But I think according to PFF, he's like third worst quarterback in the league against the Blitz, against a heavy Blitz team, which suddenly has two great edge rushers in Thibodeau and Ojolari, who's really popped. The, both of those guys are playing their best ball right now. So you add that to a heavy Blitz team against Kirk, you could have some wild stuff. The and, one thing is they play a ton of man coverage, and Cousins has, and Justin Jefferson has been dominant against right. everything, but they have dominated man coverage. So that I think if you can avoid, you somehow offset the blitz somehow in the rush. Like, I just think it's a, it's a game where you can, they can be who they are. Yeah. And it's interesting because the giants, we talk about the Vikings 10 and 0 and one score games. The giants are eight, two and one. 
So they've been very good in these types of games too. And I just – God, this one is like one of the hardest games to, to figure out because I could definitely see a scenario where the Vikings run the Giants out of the building because I still don't necessarily believe Their in Their offense is the best group in the game. So. And, and Jefferson and, and Cousins – I think they're looking to set records. Jefferson breaking the all-time receiving record. He'll have another big game, I think, here. I do think that this is a game where the Vikings take care of business. But I can't say that the, other, the other side of this is You're not isn't, locking it up, I don't I think. I am certainly not locking don't it up because it. This, if this game – there's also a coin flip where this game goes down to the last possession because that's kind of what both these teams do. That Even if you go back through like the last three seasons, the Vikings lead the league in one-score games. This year's obviously been like the waterfall, but like – They've been this team in a weird way. It's like I don't, I don't, I'm not hang, hanging around waiting for the Minnesota blowout to happen. They can clinch this week too. The Giants It's crazy. They can they they get a win, uh, and then either a Washington loss, uh, I believe, or a Lions loss, and and they're in if they get two of those mm-hmm. those teams. Uh, I I also want to see just quickly in this matchup, Daniel Jones, because I think he's playing well right now and he's had a lot of tough matchups. He's working so hard to get what he gets. You don't have to work that hard against this Vikings defense. So I think you could have a nice little Daniel Jones game. All right. Let's take a break and we will roll on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Your hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. 
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Welcome back. The week 16. Look how it goes. Look how it goes. Long season, but all of a sudden, here we are on the precipice of the postseason. Let's keep rolling. Snakes to Zeus, and it's time now for the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. And we're going to drive, friends, into the woods of Foxborough uh, to check in on the New England Patriots, 7-7, seven and seven, coming mm. off one of the worst losses you will ever, ever see. Um, you kind of forget, because of the Chandler Jones lateral thing, um, that they had a seven-point lead uh, in this game prior to that, and Derek Carr and the Raiders were facing a fourth and ten deep in their own end uh, on that drive that led to the touchdown pass. Um, so that is a, a back-breaking uh, loss potentially for a team that's really feels like it's been on the ropes, perhaps internally with all the um, consternation about the offensive scheme and the coaching and where Mac Jones had had is at. And speaking of Mac Jones, um, this was interesting. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, a reporter had a question about you know the the near future, not the long term future, the near future of the quarterback position in New England. Bill, is the, is the plan to stick with Mac here, the quarterback to the final three weeks? The plan's trying to beat Cincinnati. I don't even know what he said. What do you say? Something about Cincinnati. We're, 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 we're just trying Cincinnati. to beat Cincinnati. The His plan eyebrows. is the plan is to beat Cincinnati. I wish be, uh, our <laughs> listeners could could see that because first of all, Bill looks like he's in he good looks shape. Good. He's taking care of himself. His the arm. He's showing off the biceps. Yeah. He actually had a big smile right before that question. Then the question comes out, and his eyebrows raised. He was totally surprised by it, and then <laughs> yeah, total grimace. I'm not answering this. There I, is, I've heard that Robert Kraft is kind of a or Simmons throughout there. I don't know if this is accurate, but yeah. Bill Simmons throughout there that like Kraft was a zappy guy that he's been pushing for zappy. Well, listen to that, that crowd. Like, yeah. he's gonna, Bill he's, doesn't care about that though, but. Well, here's interesting because I think I talked to Ian about this because before Ian joined NFL Network Rap Sheet, he covered the Patriots for the Boston Herald. And there's a whole hierarchy. In fact, I did talk to him about it. I found it fascinating. A hierarchy in terms of like who gets to ask Bill the type of questions when Bill kind of lets you into the circle in terms of giving you a real answer or some type of stock answer or ignoring you outright or, or maybe the Pat's media guy has to rough you up a little bit. Not physically, but perhaps. We don't know where those ball boys uh, are, a, for instance. He's a tough PR guy. Yeah, under the mass pike, perhaps, yeah. uh, from Deflategate. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm, I w- what I was taken by there is like, who asked the question? Was that guy allowed to ask the question? Did Bill's eyebrows raise because he was surprised that guy asked the question when he's not allowed? Or was it a guy that is allowed to ask that question and he was just surprised he got it in that moment? But when you just clear all that other <laughs> stuff out, the question was... His first-round pick in 2021, Mac Jones, who went to the playoffs last year and won 10 games as a rookie, the quarterback for the last three games of the season, and the coach's answer was, we're trying to beat the Bengals this week. I mean, like, first what of all... What is up with that? I don't know. That reporter... <laughs> Cincinnati. That reporter may not exist at this point, uh, depending on where they are in this hierarchy. Right. Um, I, I just think that if you look at what's happened, because these this Patriots team... That is the scoring the second fewest points of the Bill Belichick era in New England going back to 2000. Um, they've looked bad. Um, they instead of the what's so different to me is that Mac Jones, unlike the previous quarterbacks, has been so emotive. And there's been there's been these spats and these incidents, and it's so clear how frustrated he is, and he's not hiding it at all. And in fact, I think most people would look at Mac Jones and say. 
We're siding with Mac Jones here. Yeah, maybe you don't want your quarterback blowing up on the sideline emotionally week after week, but he seems to be in a really bad situation, in a fix, um, in a Patriots coaching staff that to me feels out of control. I can never remember feeling this way about a New England team, but they feel out of control, and it's like happening on a weekly basis. So I would not be surprised in the Bailey Zappi world of things that Bill Belichick's like, get this thing out of my face at some point. I'm just not convinced mm. Mac Jones, when we're sitting here in April, May, June, I'm not convinced Mac Jones is even on this roster. I'm just not. Mm. Right. Spicy, Mark. Here, here's the thing, though. That, that You're right. The ending overshadowed everything that went on in that game, and it seemed like Mac Jones had one of the worst games of his career. And then you rewatch it, and so many of the routes are just terribly run. The spacing, Greg Bedard's been sending this out, where there's like three guys clustered together like routinely. The situational football where you can't score from the one. You have so many pre-snap penalties. They lost that game because of how they handled the end of half and end of game situations. They are so sloppy. I I heard Bill talking about the Bengals earlier this week. We we have the clip. It's short, but I think the Bengals are the type of team that that Bill Belichick wishes he was. Play a good, clean game. So make you earn everything. So that's what we're going to have to do. Over and oh. over in this press conference, he kept saying how they make they're clean, they don't lose <laughs> games, they they let other teams lose games, and I think he knows in his heart that used to be us. And listening to it, and I listened to his press conference because I started thinking we could be running out of Bill Belichick press conferences here as a member of the Patriots. I think this is a real thing. I think someone is telling all these media members. Let's name them: Peter King, Albert Breer, uh, Karen. Uh, Grugian of the Boston Herald, Tom Curran, Greg Bedard, I think that's it, uh, has floated out some sort of version of if Bill Belichick doesn't make changes to the offensive staff and or the front office because he's just trying to do everything, then there could be a change. I I got a pretty good guess where that information is coming from. It's coming from the highest parts of Mm. the Patriots organization. Yeah, but at the same time, like, you trying to smoke Bill out through the media? That yeah, seems like a bad idea. Wouldn't the plan be to hand it off to Steve Belichick? No. Well, let me just say, <laughs> I though. I don't know. If like, he could have his way. Bill's plan. I don't yeah, think that's, he had his that's way. the but, boss's plan. But we could say that's coming from upstairs, and maybe it is, but I'm sure that Bill was feels probably the same way after this has gone poorly, so. that he so. needs to make changes to his coaching staff, that he needs to obviously get the I offense so. in a much better place, a healthier place. they got to clean things up and become a more organized operation. I thought it was a, a, a real microcosm of their struggles uh, in the second quarter against Vegas. They had a first and goal at the Vegas two. And uh, I think Mac missed a, what should have been a touchdown. Yep. Uh, and then they uh, he hits a touchdown. Uh, but they it gets blown dead because the sideline, I think it was Patricia, of course, calls timeout yep. uh, and wipes out the touchdown. Uh, then they have another incompletion. Then they have to call another timeout. Now they burn two timeouts in like 20 seconds. And then on fourth and goal from the Vegas one, false start, backs them up six yards. They kick the field goal. It's like Patriots fans know exactly the drive I'm talking about because that is just like, why aren't they efficient? Why aren't they well put together? And it all set up for, obviously, the cataclysmic event with Chandler Jones. But this stuff has been going on all year. I, yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, it's good. I mean, that, I think if, if the Texans are doing what you just described, burning timeouts left and right, penalties, your coach are calling a timeout to or to, to essentially remove a touchdown, then you have the killer penalty on John New Smith. It's like, um, excuse me, we'd be frying other teams. But because it's New England, there's been this resistance to be like, no, they probably have their house in order. It's just these... They don't. Well, it's they confusing, too, because their defense is 
excellently coached. They're number two in DVOA with a very sketchy like group of cornerbacks and using guys at linebacker. Yeah, but who's that were the coach? Castaways, right? And and like Uche. Now that Barmore's back, I, I'm very curious to see if this Bengals offensive line, which has been better this year, holds up against Uche, Barmore, and Juden. They, like they have a better defense than they had a year ago. If they had Josh McDaniels still. I believe this team is ten and five because they would just would be a, they would just mm. be a mediocre offense and that'd be good enough. Uh, yeah, they've only played fourteen games, but they get credited with nine a and five. Win. I'm giving yes. them nine and five. <laughs> um, the Bengals side of this, this has been my pick season, my lock season has been very similar to the Dallas Cowboys season. Started out with a ton of promise and almost juggernaut like, and then <laughs> in the last like month or so, it's just like it's not a total collapse. But things just don't feel right. You're just not in the right group. And I've realized, what I think I've realized here, what I hope I've realized here, is one of the things I'm doing, I'm not locking good teams or teams I feel good about. So I'm going to lock a team I feel good about. The Cincinnati Bengals going to New England and taking care of a Patriots team that just feels like it's in all sorts of dire straits. Give me the team that's well coached, that's getting guys back healthy, that has Joe Burrow involved, and they, they believe they could be the number one seed in this AFC, so they are not going to lay down up there. They take care of business. Look at how, like, from, I think we're Belichick, you know, we've, and Greg, I know you've not been huge on on Zach Taylor, but like on defense, for instance, the way that they adjusted against the Bucs. They're so well coached then. Right. They're really, they do, I can see why Belichick's into it. And to me, that that spoke who, like, that spoke to who the Bengals are. Like other teams, like you question yourself, you fall into a pit. You allow the Bucks to play the best offense they have all year in that half, and they turn around and completely erased them. I mean, they made life mm. so difficult for Brady. So I like this lock a lot for you. This was my lock, and then I just felt it was bad juju to lock against my own team. See what we do with with Greg with the locks. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all this like the endless like so self questioning and the you know now, this was working. my lock. It's working, it's, you, know, and you, you know. It's kind of like I was. I'm just watched uh, Godfather with my uh, you know the Lockfather watches the Godfather. Uh, with my parents. And, I was uh, say with your children. The Michael, a little aggressive. No, they yeah. were in bed. Michael goes to Italy after shooting the uh, the lieutenant and uh, falls in love mm. with an Italian woman. Real knockout. That's how it works. And get ma- they get married in tragedy. I don't want to spoil this, but tragedy ends that union. Michael comes back to America and reunites with Kay Adams. No relation to the football analyst host. And marries her. And that's how I feel. I feel like my lock for Greg. Greg, I say to you, <laughs> you know you want to lock up the Bengals and come with me. I am the Italian woman that you leave. And you go back to America and you marry Kay, but you're not truly in love with your lock. <laughs> your or true love or with me. is the Bengals. Your true lock love <laughs> is the Bengals. And te- instead you go home and you... You go with the teacher back in America that you don't truly love. Okay. That's, if somebody followed that, that's good. I did get I, it. There were the some end. strange turns there, but I did follow it, I think, yeah. Just feels, it feels wrong to lock against your, your own team, but I. I mean, you're a woman and I like that. I would be. Uh, <laughs> I would be surprised. It would be surprised right, if Joe Burrow let, Oh, do oh it. by the way, that. <laughs> ah, that was the Sunday Drive presented. That was a Sunday drive presented by Toyota. They got their money's worth. They're that was like more a than 15 they, minute yeah, preview. Improvisation. Uh, all right. Interesting. Greg, your final pick of the draft. We're already at my final pick. Uh, I'll well, take Seahawks Chiefs. Oh, we got the prime thing. Yes, yeah. that's what it is. Uh, Seahawks Chiefs. Fun game. A lot of points. Love the points. Love the over. Love Geno Smith getting back on track here. 
against this Chiefs defense. I think this Chiefs defense is very vulnerable. I know, I know Tyler Lockett's out, and that's massive. And um, Walker, Ken Walker, looks like he might be out too. So the Seahawks, are they do have some issues, and yet I – I feel like Geno is going to play a clean game because I just don't think the Chiefs defense... They don't have their most reliable wide receiver and the running back's <laughs> out and their defense can't play. Totally uh, compromised. And Geno has to make every play to save this team. But I feel good about his chances in this game. I don't trust this Chiefs defense. I think they've shown some vulnerabilities. They're playing a lot of rookies on the back end. I think the Chiefs are going to score a lot. And so then Geno, who made his first Pro Bowl on uh, respect. Wednesday... I respect that. That is pretty cool. Yeah, that that is, is very a, cool. A pretty... Incredible career turnaround. Let's let's just say what it is. I, I think he'll be stuck in a position to score. Unfortunately, the Seahawks defense is also going to have to play in this game, and the, I would put the over/under for the Chiefs scoring around thirty-five points. I, I'm with you, and like I, the Geno Smith story has been awesome, um, Greg. That's a victory for you coming out of the summer. Uh, but I would say that if you look at his metrics since Week Eight, there's a couple things that are concerning. His passing grade, and I, passing grade is what it is, but it's gone from 4th to 29th. Um, since His rating, we, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But gotcha. uh, actually, it's more like, I think it's PFF passing grade, actually. Mm. Big time throw rate has gone from 3rd, which was so visible, from 3rd to 19th. Um, turnover worthy plays have gone from 23rd most to 9th most. So in every, I mean, those last two categories matter a lot. And it's like, I think a part of it is environment because the running game is dried up. Um, their defense has put them in a tough situation. Things were really good around Geno before, but now they're not. And it's like, who right. is Geno when things around him aren't working and well? And Geno, the Seahawks who have to, a decision to make, uh, they're seeing all sides of this now in terms of what they want their quarterback position in the future. That Maybe just in time. It's not a shot on Geno, but it's like he's not going to carry your team when you when you need him. So maybe there's a young guy in the draft and you have a top pick that can be that guy. It's just something to think about before you pay Gino $35 million a year. He needs more time, and I, I think this is a game, uh, if you're a Seahawks fan, hopefully he gets it because they're, they're a vertical offense. They they run routes down the field that need time to de- develop, and he hasn't had that time also recently. I I do kind of look at this Chiefs team. They're in a weird spot because they might be the one seed, and yet they I think they have some pretty identifiable issues on this team. Number one turnovers. One of the league leaders in turning the ball over. Minus six on the season now. That's that's uh, <laughs> as I wrote in the power rankings, a puzzling data point for an eleven and three Super Bowl contender. Right, minus it's a, six. It's a lot of fumbles. I, I think Mar- Marcus Valdez Scantling just in general is a problem because he's so unreliable that he'll make great plays and he'll kill you twice a week. Aaron Rodgers could tell you that. Like that turns into a turnover. Or it's a huge drop. I think the rookie cornerbacks, which I mentioned, and then. Maybe a little, like, Andy Reid is still playing like he doesn't have Michael Jordan as his quarterback. They went into overtime in that game in part because he's setting up for a 51-yard field goal at the end, in part because they don't go for a fourth and two on the eight-yard line. It's like Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. You really don't have to run it three times or throw little screens to set up Bucker. Like, show some aggression, but also Andy Reid. The other have, coaches do. I mean, mm-hmm. like, also in the past, you could count on Harrison Butker to not miss an extra point and that Don't field care, goal. though. That's such a... It, I'm just saying from another angle. Right. Like Butker's, Butker's in a slump, and it's. I think some of these great offenses, when you can't rely on your kicker, like, you got El Problema. We have, um, we have This Guy Gets It, which is one of our great recurring series. Mm-hmm. I feel when we like really need it, we, we dial it up. We dial it up. This is another one, because I like that. It's a, a Sesslerism. From another angle with Mark Sessler. It's pretty good. (laughs) 
So I'd more, it's typically it says the, like Greg is correct about what he just said, but I'm going to try to counter it with another factoid. Like that he's maybe, sneaky you know, wrong, perhaps. I don't think that Greg was wrong. I just think Backdoor again, wrong. It, the reason the term exists, it's from another angle. We could say that Harrison Butker is not the guy you've relied on in the past right now. Why is he slumping? He's had some injuries this season that, you know, that, I'm that killed them. They would have won that game. wrong as another show. <laughs> it's right. going to have a lot of uh, going a lot of different directions. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> um, that's, that's troubling. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Mark, you are up, my friend. Well, I have no choices. There's, I have two picks, and there's two games left. So I guess I'll just like toy with you which one I which one I pick first. I'm going to go Falcons <laughs> at Ravens. You're vastly overrating how we're hanging on what you choose. But go you ahead. Th- you no, do enjoy true. power. We we've heard. In the I past. do like power. He likes it. Uh, this Ravens team. You said it before. I don't know. Like uh, how ex- I keep hearing like they're, they're in trouble. Man. I, I feel power. To, am I supposed to be excited about this Ravens team right now? It's well, just like not with of, Lamar Jackson well, by the or way, Devin Duvernay. I, I keep hearing that too, and like they, I know Lamar is like obviously a complete difference maker at his heights, but their offense was a problem before. You, your tight end leads your leads your team in receiving. Last week, you know, you had 17 completions, like half of them went to Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, and Josh Oliver. Uh, Devin Duvernay's out. Rashad Bateman's out. Sammy Watkins is the new guy you're focusing on. He currently ranks 72nd in yards per route and 82nd in catch rate. So I'm not sure what you're hoping he's going to come in and do. I think your your anchor is just your defense, and you hope that, yeah, you know what, you're getting Desmond Ritter, who is totally wet behind the ears. And if you can shut down the ground game with Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, and they, they've got the guys to do it because I think they've got the best two linebackers playing together right now in the game and Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, interior linebackers. And like you, I, I don't see any reason you don't win this necessarily, but I think teams are going to keep it tight because the Ravens are good for about 10 to 13 points a week right now. Mm. I mean, do I thought that Huntley... I'm surprised the Ravens are favored by seven. They are that begging seems, you. That's absurd They're to me. begging you to take the Falcons, which I, I never like it when they're begging you but to that's, do anything. But that's people not away. watching the Ravens the last couple of weeks. It's also a said? little bit... No. I think that's the them, offense. I think them that's them thinking the Falcons are now either the worst team in the league or one of the three the bottom worst. three yeah. or four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I it, it's a little bit. I'd be I'm already nervous if I'm a Ravens fan, but a couple of weeks ago they circled Christmas Eve, um, the 24th is Lamar's return, and the fact that he's not going to be back. And then you got it's Pittsburgh like, and Cincinnati on? next. Is is this going to be one of those injuries where keeps on getting backed up and then we don't see him again and they fall out? Are we seeing are we seeing basically a rerun of last year right now? It feels like it. I mean, it's there's a lot of similar things going on. Outside well, of maybe the defense is a lot healthier. Well, the difference is last year they needed wins to get into the playoffs. They're in with a win this week. They got to win though. I no, I get it, but they have three weeks. To win right it now. just feels like a ship coming into shore where you climb aboard and everyone on board is dead. It's like something happened to the ship out at sea. Like, that's what the Ravens feel like to me. Yeah, you're going to float into the playoff harbor, but, like, what arrives? Godzilla. Yeah, that's what happened. I also think they're as unlucky as any team in the league. This is a Watergate-level disaster. (laughs) (laughs) They were finally getting healthier other than Lamar. They actually had a lot of players back. Let's go through who they've lost just in the last week, not counting Lamar. Calais Campbell, my choice for their best player on their defense, having an incredible season. Marcus Peters, starting cornerback, not playing in this game. And then you mentioned Duvernay is out for the season with a broken foot from practice. That's just the last week. Those are three key players. And, and they should win this game. And they, they are obviously, they've been through the wars, and the coaching staff is going to be hammering into their heads. They need to get this game because if you don't, you're 9-6. and six. 
and then you got Pittsburgh at home, and that's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough game. And then you're at Cincinnati when and Cincinnati lucky they might beat, have a lot to play for in that right, game. Right, and they beat Cincinnati, but like, how different are those two teams since that Sunday night game? They're in a, for, for a team that's 9-5, and five, it feels very precarious for them right now. This is such a huge game in their season. I and agree. I think they'll respond and they'll win. But it's probably going to be like 13-10, and you sweating know what? it but out. Even if they get – I just like – I their trajectory to me is like you're going to lose a playoff game. Have a nice time. Well, I think they you always – They're Lamar, not going on a three-game run with Lamar you got, Jackson. You got Lamar and a good defense if you get a little healthier. I think you got a chance. And uh, Good running game. They also get a little break here. If Desmond Ritter doesn't get more comfortable as a passer, and maybe he will improve over the next few weeks, this is a nice matchup for their defense. And they should know, no matter what happens, uh, this is to your point, from another angle with Mark Zessler, yes. uh, Dan Hans is sitting in this week. Um, they need to attack that offense in the offseason. And they got to make that thing. They got to get that thing up to snuff. They got to get it up to snuff against the likes of Cincinnati and Kansas City. I just City don't know if Buffalo. you give Lamar Jackson like two great wide receivers that you're going to get the same thing that you get in Philadelphia or Dallas or somewhere it. else. Let's try it. What was your show again? Backdoor negotiations um, or something? My um... Backdoor wrong. <laughs> I think you got to work oh, on that. I don't, no, I, don't I like that. I like the way those. Well, words. that one's on after midnight. It's for a different. Well, clearly. Um, let's see. Uh, let's take a break. Now let's do one last game and then. Oh yeah, we got one more game. In fact, uh, Gravedigger, if you'd be so kind, um, I would. And I know nothing is kind when it comes to the Tennessee Titans right now to handle the last game on our draft, the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. Yes, Houston has one win. But here's an interesting stat, by the way, is the the Titans in a most likely non-Ryan Tannehill world the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, the Texans have either been ahead or tied in seven games this year. Uh, they only have one win. But this is not a this is not a typical, you know, one in fifteen type team, or now one fifteen and one. If you you know, let them hang around, it gets dangerous. I I know you're nervous about this game. With Malik Wills, it has to be uh, multiplied by seven. At least seven. That's what number he wears, so good call, though. That's why uh, I said it. Center Ben Jones, dealing with a concussion, might miss the game. Right guard Nate Davis probably will miss the game. So the Titans down to three backup offensive linemen. Plus Malik Willis. We'll see if Traylon Burks is back. We still don't really know. Jeez, that was a that's a tough concussion, it looks like. I think I mean if I'm picking games here, I think I would pick the Texans. They've been really competitive in their last two. The Titans aren't gonna have a ninety plus yard drive, I don't think, with Malik Willis to go win the game. They definitely don't have Patrick Mahomes. They don't even have Derek McKinnon. No. Derrick Henry is the one hope for the Titans in this game. If Derrick Henry does what he's done to Houston the last five times he's played them. You need the 200-yard game again here. It's so wild. Win. You it's such it. a, it, they've been different defenses. You don't want it's it. Like, yeah. it's always the Wait, Texans. Ray Duns is out it. too. So you're down three offensive linemen or four depending three on Three starters it. and the top swing backup. That's why you get ten out of there. The factory's on fire It's right a now. different yeah. team. This I am picking the Texans in this game um, on game day view, for instance. People should check that out on Friday afternoon. We'll be here. Sure. And, you just uh, spoiled what you're going to do, though. This, why, why? this is, uh, this is the, well, the showman. It's on, it's on NFL.com slash uh, game picks, too. That's, so I, many things to promote. That doesn't change it's, anything. I mean, I never change. I don't really change the pick. I, Stay tuned to see who I pick. Yeah. But I feel yeah. strongly that it I could may, go this I direction. May, I might surprise you with what I'm going to do. <laughs> Maybe I will change it by then if something crazy <laughs> Too happens. Too late. Everybody knows. I haven't uh, chosen the Texans to win a game all year. But they won Smart. in Tennessee, <laughs> and that's worked out. Uh, they won in I'm Tennessee. I'm going to do something I've not done all year on NFL Game Day View. Stay tuned, tuned in. Friday. <laughs>
I can't wait for the off season. I'm going to go to showman school with Mark and Dan. <laughs> Just come to our hearts. They've been, us. they've been playing better. So I looked. <laughs> I looked at DVOA for the four game losing streak that Tennessee's been on. I guess this shouldn't be that big of a shock, but they are by far the worst team in the NFL over those four games uh, in terms of offensive and defensive efficiency. They're not doing anything well. I am. I, I will the, tell wait, you. I got the name of the show. What? Yeah, I got the name of Mark and I's show. It's called the Showman Show, man, with a comma in there. I love it. <laughs> can we get that on the lower third at some point so I can just see it? Because I think it's going to sing. I have to, t- yes. I have to tell you one thing, by the way. <laughs> it'll, it'll be more funny to Dan than anyone else on screen and off. <laughs> the Showman Show, comma, man. I am on a roll when it comes to season. one aspect of this show. What? Um, I have. I'm, Is I he going to do it? No, I have another guy. Yeah. That you I'm, have yeah. Well, well you know the processing is going to take us deep into yeah, the spring. So why, so why wait? Okay. Why wait another week if we're already talking deep spring? Chico Conquo is my new guy. Wait, that was one of my guys earlier in oh, the season, right? Oh, got a guy conflict. No, no. And, yeah. I don't remember that. Guy conflict. And, Graver and, was there. Greg definitely shouted him out. I, I said I that's know, one well, of my guys. Who doesn't love Oconquo? Let's, let's go back and check the tape. You know what? Tape. This sounds yeah. like a ta- uh, case for Ted Becker. <laughs> yeah. I think he could, Reach he could out see to him. even if Greg claimed, Greg has taken 47 guys, so it's like there's some element of like maybe – Ted – Ted Don't is overworked. The Remember, part I had a whole thing. They got to build the whole plane out of Oconquo. <laughs> Turn the whole That's offense right. into Oconquo. Well, I don't deny that you said that. I'm just denying that maybe Ted, maybe Ted would come up with a different. Ted Becker is an ill health. From another and he's angle. Overworked, <laughs> Ted Becker. But he's also extremely passionate about his job. And I yeah. know we'll have this. Uh, you have the graphic. Can we see what it looks like? The showman show, man. That's pretty good. It's perfect. Pretty good. Coming soon. We actually should make that. On all it platforms. Looks, it looks, um, when you see it, you just can visualize a show. Huh. In text that way, that we have to actually do that show in the off season. All right, it's going. It will come. And is Greg the guest? And then we yeah, no, teach we'd, him. We'd, we'd sort of teach Greg. We give him some pointers. It's right. almost like a, a TED talk, and I'm in the audience. <laughs> yeah, <you're laughs> it's a one man audience. A one Greg audience. It's you and me on a stage. Yeah, uh, we'll figure out where. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a one man audience, and it's Greg. Uh, and it's just us just espousing Maybe our thoughts. Maybe Bourbon Room 2. We go back to – if that goes well, we can, they let us maybe, back to maybe the, the showman, showman show man, man yeah. is from the Bourbon Room yeah. on January 18th. And you're in your Hollywood Nights jeans and we're, we're – But I think this teaching. show is why we're hosting that show because we're just coming up with richer ideas for that show even in the Classic moment. showman. While Greg's quietly listening and sort of just I'm, taking it in, sponge-like. A lot of notes. I'll be Honestly, yeah. Dan, you're on fire. You got yeah. wins Mark's – win Mark's old <laughs> football magazines from another <laughs> angle and the showman showman all in oh, Don't forget spot. about uh, Backdoor back Wrong. <laughs> Backdoor yeah. Wrong. After, after dark. And from another <laughs> angle. We can throw that in as a – Oh, yeah. So, I'm building out an entire program. That's a network. Like, uh, a network like, right literally now. Literally <laughs> – you got to be careful. They'll they might want all this for NFL Plus in the off season. Oh God! Yeah. All right. Well, erase this. No, just I'll have to be compensated. Yeah. If I'm launching a like a sub network. Yeah. With all this programming. Well, you sound like you're using a lot of my man hours too. I'll be. I hope I, you're planning to pay oh, me course. as well. And let's see what Ted Baxter does or whatever his name is. Ted Bank. Well, let's start with giving the man respect. Yeah, I He's know. Had the flu three Ted times. Becker. Ted Becker. Ted Becker. Who's a great? He does a great job up there in the office, the corporate. Uh, Let's take a break and hit all these other games. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, here we go. We did the draft first uh, this week because a lot of these uh, games are um, games. Let's start with the Raiders, uh, six and eight at the Steelers. This is this is Saturday a fun game. night. This is Christmas Eve night. So if you're not busy on Christmas Eve, you have football to watch. And um, man, the, I know what the Raiders fans are thinking. Speaking of like Charlie Brown and the football being pulled on him. The Raiders are thinking after everything that's happened this season, after that remarkable comeback to beat the Patriots, with the AFC playoff field, the wild card field, little wonky right now, and there's just a sliver of hope, they're going to ruin my Christmas Eve. That's what they're going to do. That's no. what the Raiders fans are thinking right now. And yet, and this is why earlier in the in the season, a few weeks back, I was kind of pumping up the Raiders. Every time they play a, a team, I'm like, I feel like they have a good chance to win this game. And I feel this way again against the Steelers. I think it's going to be a tough game in Pittsburgh in prime time. Um, you're, you're shaking your head, Mark, and yeah. I want to know why. Because yeah. I'll tell you why. I, I, I do believe they have a chance to stack another win here. Why? I'll tell you why. And first of all, I'm going to start right here. I'm switching my lock to the Steelers. Whoa. I like that. I'll tell you why you like it. This is the, the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Franco Harris just passed away this week. Yes, he did. You tried to tell me that when you go to this stadium, that this place is not going to be absolutely, totally on fire. Derek Carr is 0-6 in games when it's less than 37 degrees. It's going to be at most 19 degrees. This is a Raiders go and die spot. The Steelers I, are going to absolutely celebrate this evening. I agree I with you with that. I like on that. the Raiders. If you throw out that Ravens game, you, you can't throw it out. It's a division game, though. Steelers are playing great football. I think the Steelers are vastly superior. They dominated uh, Carolina, and I think they can stop. What... Did you say the Steelers are vastly superior? I think the Steelers win this game handily too. I, I'm with them. I, I. You should switch to that line. Too. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> that would be good showmanship. <laughs> that see, you don't even need the TED talk if you make the move. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not a showman yet. I need the class. I, uh, I think this is a team. 
Mike Tomlin wants, though. They stopped the run well for the most part. They did it against Carolina. That's all you need to do against uh, the Raiders, I think, to make them one-dimensional. They they want to run the ball. And they've been running the ball great. And I think you can do that against Vegas. I if this, if you had started the season like six or seven weeks ago, this is basically what Mike Tomlin dreamed of. If anything, I'm a little worried Kenny Pickett's coming back into the lineup here because uh, I thought that was the best game I've seen out of a quarterback last year week uh, by any co- Steelers quarterback last week with Mitch Trubisky. I think the the floor is uh, higher, but the the ceiling's a little lower with Kenny Pickett. All right, I like I like the things you said. Uh, I like oh, you both said you make a compelling case. I don't think the Steelers are vastly superior than the Raiders. I think uh, they are playing much better um, of late, and I think it would not surprise me that when the season's over and and Tomlin's doing his um, end of year press conference, if he if he calls us you know, one of the most rewarding uh, coaching seasons of his career because he has taken this team that could have easily in the post-Big Ben era with a rookie quarterback and injuries and some talent deficiency. Uh, this could have easily been a 4-13 and year in Pittsburgh. But instead, here they are closing strong. Um, and like his losing record thing, they're going to win this game. I already told you that. But then right. they're going to play a compromised Ravens team potentially if Lamar's not back next week. They just got to beat the Browns at home. They're ba- going nine and eight. Basically, Whoa. these two teams need. But these aren't the old Steelers, though, I know, either. But We're giving I know, them a lot of respect more, I, here. Well, what's more, Steelers? I'm saying those opponents are not. I'm, I'm, you're not beating the Chiefs and Bills there. These are imperfect teams. And it's like, what more? what's more Mike Tomlin than them finishing nine and eight after all this malarkey? So this is an NFL Network uh, exclusive game in NFL Plus. And it's an elimination game. It's not the spiciest game in the weekend, but the loser's out and the winner has hope. And. The winner doesn't have the craziest amount of hope, at least going into Christmas. Basically, yeah, you got to win out, and you just got to hope that the AFC East teams, none of them top nine and eight. Right. That for the Raiders, they are in if none of the AFC East teams top nine and eight. They win the tiebreakers at nine and eight with any of the AFC East teams. It's a little wonkier for the Steelers, depending on the types of tie breaks, but it's not crazy. Uh, the Steelers have one win against the winning team this year. It was Cincinnati, that weird game in week one that they should have lost if Cincinnati hits an extra point. Um, but still, their schedule ahead is the Raiders, who have been tripping over themselves all year at Baltimore, a team in, as Mark would say, dipped in chaos. And then Cleveland to end the season. It's not the easiest close to the season, but... Totally possible. I, I think there is Josh Jacobs going to be able to run the ball against this defense. Does Derek Carr have one of those mind-numbing interceptions? Possible. Does Devontae Adams go for 180 yards? That's also possible to me in prime time. One of the greats. But you know what? He can do that it's and be still lose. That's the thing. Like I'm it's not really. Be, I, I see this as 24-21 Raiders. How about 13-7 Steelers? The score of the immaculate Ooh-wee. reception. Oh, look at you, Franco Harris, 72 years. Old, rest in peace. One of the great uh, players of that dynasty era and um, um, one of the, you know, I think it was voted by NFL the most memorable play or greatest play in NFL history was the Immaculate Reception. And I was reading about Franco Harris. Uh, I was surprised to learn that they didn't uh, win the Super Bowl the year of the Immaculate Reception. I always thought that kind of kick-started the dynasty or was in the middle of it. That was in 72, I believe, which was the Dolphins' perfect season. But that was kind of the first taste of magic for the organization, which had been terrible for years and years before Bradshaw and everybody arrived. Um, and then they started winning all those mm. titles. So John Madden coaching the Raiders team. That it, is, mm. it is kind of tempting to switch over in the lock, um, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to bring 
Christmas presents to all the boys and girls in the land. And the Rainmaker's coming out in Pittsburgh now. On They're Christmas covering this Eve. three points on Christmas Eve. If you're running short, let's make it rain on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. You guys have put a lot on that anniversary. <laughs> You know, it's just that time of year, like maybe you didn't get that gift card for that one person, and here comes the uh, Rainmaker. You know, you guys, I was just saying how the Raiders fans are flirting with a Christmas Eve disaster and Christmas being ruined. Now we got Mark's lock on the line. We got Greggy and his Rainmaker, which I know it's precious to him. There's a lot riding on this game all of a sudden. You know I'll what be well, should be? You know I'll what that watching. is? Great showmanship. You know what? You're, see, he's already taking notes. He's I not there. Just, yeah. I mean, not even close, but he is making progress. By osmosis. Yes. Uh, so let's head to Christmas Day. Packers at Dolphins. Oh, Marky. Oh, Marky. What? I know you despise the Packers, but keep an eye on the Packers here because if they win this game, they are very much alive in the NFC playoff race. They need – Roger said it himself, and I kind of like it because players are always like, hey, listen, we just win the next game on our schedule. And like, <laughs> so I shut up. Um, what, what he said uh, after Monday Night Football and, and the win they had was over the Rams was like, listen, uh, we needed to win X, Y, Z – and we needed all these other things to work out. And so far, we've been winning the last two weeks. And all the things we've needed to happen have happened for the most part. So I, I just like a player showing the transparency. He's like, yeah, we need a big picture thing to come to our way. Now, here's the question. The Dolphins, who shows up here for the Dolphins? Because they look so good for large stretches of that Bills game. Couldn't close it out. Uh, now they're at home. They should take care of business. And as good as they've been playing or played on, on last Saturday against the Bills, they have lost three straight now in December. Aaron Rodgers also was asked if he thought they could run the table. And he said, I do. Now we've got to play three better football teams, the Dolphins, Vikings, and Lions, but I do believe definitely. So, you know, he said that before, but it's like there is maybe a turn here with Green Bay's, like the darkness of their season, and they seem so lost and things were just such a mess that – they are probably looking at this as a real possibility, which is it, which it is. And I mean, Miami answered a lot of questions for me in that Bills game. It's kind of like one of the better losses you could have, I guess. It's costly to them, but like it changed the narrative on the Dolphins, where had they been, you know, beaten like a drum in Buffalo, it would have been like maybe the Dolphins are just falling off a cliff and we're never going to see that early season version again. Instead, they did the opposite. I thought one of the most hopeful things, because they've been so. Uh, they've lacked balance, was that they were able to run the ball really well to the point where, like, after what Raheem Mostert did against Buffalo early, I thought they kind of could have maybe used more of that down the stretch, and you are dealing with the worst, one of the worst run defenses in the league in Green Bay. So do you seek that balance? Do you not put it all on Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell? Um, I still think you're going to get them every game, but maybe if you can run that way, you can keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, and this is a... You know, it's also at home. I like that. For Some the games can be as encouraging as they are frustrating. That's how I classified the Dolphins game against the Bills. It's a two-parter for me now, though. So it was like you showed up against Buffalo. Didn't close, but you showed up. Win this game at you home have to. in prime time against a Green Bay team that obviously took a big step back from last year. Is playing better, but not a great team. End the losing streak and then basically punch your ticket to the playoffs uh, in a most likely sense. You'll get to nine and six and you should be able to find a way to navigate in from that point. Uh, this is another big test for the Dolphins for me. Yeah, I love points in this game. I, I love like it going over because to me, the 
Packers offense has solved their issues. Like they're back. They they're seventh in the league right now in efficiency over the course of the season. The run game is strong. The offensive line is playing well. Watson has changed the passing attack. They're not the old Packers. They're obviously not as good as they were at, you know, when Devontae Adams was there. But they're a really good offense and this Dolphins defense has holes you can pick on in the back end. They're not great always defending the run. And so I think it's back and forth. I like Miami better, but and I think the better ground game might win. Both teams uh, might struggle to get off the field. Like Five points feels like too much. It was five mm. points earlier in the week. I think it's now four. Mm. Either way, I, I think this is a fun little game. This is definitely the best game on Christmas. If you're strategizing, this is the best one. Yeah, I, I, if they could, I would have fl- flexed. This game down to the late game, but right, we'll, we'll right. get we'll get to it. Um, all right, let's hit Broncos. At- How can you not be romantic about football, man? <laughs> I agree with that. Oh. Yes, producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you cut that for a drop. I'm sure, Justin. I get a lot oh, of questions about that. I I, I think that Justin is a. Uh, do you want to oh, do you want to address that officially? Yeah, because like all I right. I don't know why that happened. Half the stuff that happens on the show just happens. It's like I was you know I think Justin's accountability. Like, that's no that's Justin what you look does for. an incredible <laughs> incredible job, and he shows his value in increasing ways from show to show. Thank you. Well, you can say to Justin, him. Justin, I yeah. adore you and think that you're <laughs> wonderful at your job. Yeah. Saying it to Mark, everyone. Mark's uh, apologizing for letting you know how he really felt in that moment. <laughs> no, I just think it was the heat of the moment, which no, happens on this show. It's different it. than like, you know, oh, oh, we're doing some stodgy thing and some like we are emotions run free here. So Mark gets cut off a lot and I didn't mean to cut him off with that. No, it's okay. Don't There's cut off Mark. Um, I just wanted to jump in to say that I think the Dolphins get right in this one. I'm locking up. Miami. <laughs> yeah, nice. I like that. Where are you in the standings? What are the standings? Do Man, there is, it's hard to see where he is. He's so far. Like, I am, he's getting killed. I am in last still. Uh, Nick was the only person who missed his lock last week out of all of us, So, but he's still one game ahead of me. Mark's one game ahead of the West Bros. Dan's one game ahead of Mark. And Greg is two games ahead of Dan, so there's two a lot clear. of space. I should just bring in the trophy for, Mark, uh, for Greg at this point. Well, there's a lot of weeks left. I don't think so. I think it's uh, not enough runway to catch him at this point. I'm with you. I would have said you could. At some point, are you going to update this tired bit? (laughs) I like going back. It does bother you. It does bother you. So that's why it comes out of few (laughs) few things. As I've said many times on the show, one of the things about Greg, and I respect you for it, Greg. It's very hard to really get past Greg's the shield Mm -hmm. that and really bother him. But for some reason, this one does. <laughs> yeah. This one, we're like, oh, Greg, there's no way you could catch it. You got the title every time, every time. I <laughs> you get can a bother Greg, though. He won't show it, but you can bother him because the patent and Greg move is if you get a zinger off at Greg, yeah. within within 15 or 20 minutes, if there's enough time left in the show, he's going <laughs> to he's gonna craft something that sends an arrow right through your right. neck. Oh, we have something, If Greg, if you want to fly that tweet. Oh, well, I I don't know if the timing at this point, it, it's a little late. Well, yes. speaking of showman, you've just announced it. So. Um, yeah, we're going to have to uh, submit to the committee. I did write a tweet about Oconquo uh, over a month ago. And then just going to be submitting it to Ted Becker. To Ted Becker it's yeah. up to Ted. I respect yeah, his Yeah, I, I don't see in there, he's right. my guy, though. That's all. It was just, just like. It's could, Ted Becker yeah. at, uh, that's my guy, um, at. Outlook, I believe. I think, yeah, like uh, <laughs> Ted Becker is unpredictable, though. So, I, Greg, you're operating logically, and I not disagreeing with your logic. I just think that Ted Becker, Ted Becker is going to do what Ted Becker needs to do. Ted, like for all his warts, um, and obviously um, his immune system. Yeah. He hasn't seen his kids in years. Um, he's had some issues um, with the law. Um, 
He is very <laughs> professional. Yeah, he's very professional. And, Suddenly. Yeah, and he he takes his job seriously. And in this world, you don't always see that anymore. He's not a group thinker. He's going to look at this uh, through his own And he's lens. not a corporate climber. No. Like he, He's no. like, I know this is my job and it's important. And when I see this tweet from Greg, I will factor it in. Yeah, he's also going to know what Greg is attempting to do there. He can't pull one on a fast one on Ted Becker. So, all right. Good try, Greg. Broncos at Rams. Uh, Russell Wilson, I believe, is back for this game after they gave him the uh, the extra week rest after the concussion the previous week. Uh, Baker Mayfield, still the quarterback for the Rams. His magic wore off at Lambeau Field. Threw for under 150 yards in that game. Uh, so here we are, the middle game. This looked like an awesome game, Greg, uh, back in September, but that's not always how it plays out. It is on Nickelodeon as well for the kids. My guess is all the networks, like, battled for this game and that on paper, you, had, you we were wondering before the show, why is Tony Romo doing this? On He's pap- wondering that on too. On paper, this would be the most watched game of the entire year because I think Christmas, the couple Games times played you've had. there, though. Right, yeah. You, you've seen that. Cortland Sutton's back. Russ is back. Baker still holds the ball too long. Michael Hoyt is fun for the Rams. I think that's all we need. I mean, if you were, I would just say this game is hilarious to me because if back in, uh, you know, July, you took Sean McVay and Nathaniel Hockett into like a a booth and said, I'm going to, you're going to forget this, but I'm going to tell you right now what's happening to both of your teams. Um, come Christmas weekend when you face off on this like Tony Romo, Jim Nance game. And it's going to be a totally failed Russell Wilson, who is the most expensive flop job in the NFL versus Baker Mayfield, who has been with the team for two weeks. You flop would know jobs thing, with Mark Sessler. You also would know on the uh, Dan you would know, like, What would Sean McVay's head explode? And oh, by the way, Nathaniel Hackett, you will, your stock will drop through the floor. So this is a breakfast program. This is our morning show. Flop jobs over flapjacks. And it's like Mark uh, eating breakfast, which is in its own way kind of a show. Everybody wants sure. to see Mark eat. And he's just discussing all the things that suck. I think that's a good way to start any day. Two, four, and ten. <laughs> hey, Rams, Rams want to build up like the the fan base here and everything. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Broncos fans at this game. Are there, though? Any, any, <laughs> any Rams fans c- coming to this game uh, reward their loyalty with, with a Christmas Day win. You know, if you're a Rams fan and you go, Jason Kleinman, our our producer, one he of, just walked in the one of our b- many, the glass yeah, just walking in. He's Schneider. going with his family. What a great uh, Jewish family thing to do on Christmas, by the way. Go to an NFL game, but go. any fan that's there, Jason of Horowitz any denomination, yeah, uh, reward them with a win on Christmas. Absolutely, there it is. Go fill up SoFi Stadium from another angle. Why? Put your family through this, but that's that's again from another <laughs> angle. So, uh, let's move to the late game on Christmas. It is the six and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh my God, more Buccaneers football at the Arizona Cardinals, who are starting, I believe, Trace McSorley because we're, we're, they, we're getting another Cardinals game on, on national television here. We're gonna have a talk with those guys in Park Avenue. It's a tough the next schedules. You made out. they made a couple. Um, Gotta be able to flex these couple Christmas gambles. Games. I liked someone brought up like the hard knocks thought that Cardinals got all these back end of the season uh, games while they're the hard knocks. Oh, team. I think hundred. We talked about that last week. Yeah, which yeah. makes sense. I, yeah, I didn't yeah. want to misattribute it. Was you? Uh, <laughs> Just a rough. theory, but rough. don't you think it's like? I no, mean, I think it, yeah. I think you're right. I think you nailed it. I kind of uh, stopped watching that show, to be honest, too. And now <laughs> Greg and I were tracking it vaguely. Now they're the worst team in the league. Unfor- I, 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 they would be number 32 right now on a neutral field for me. Really? Yeah. I, I guess 
Along with, with the Falcons. Along, along with the Falcons. The defense isn't really playing. We no. just called the Falcons. The I said worst bottom team. three. Okay, I said well. bo- uh, bottom three. I would put Cardinals would be an underdog to every team. Yeah. Well, plus just everything happening around them is right. like you want to turn your eyes away from it as soon as possible. It's no longer fun to watch. It's a toughie. And the Buccaneers, uh, that was so many disappointing losses for the Bucks this year. I think last week's was the worst um, because it was such a tease. They looked so good getting up on a great Cincinnati team, 17 nothing, and everything was working. For, so for it to kind of absolute snowball, a snowball into hell type second half, it, it just like once again – Reaffirm to everyone, the fan base, the team, everyone upstairs in that building, like, we are not very good. Like, we had a chance here to really jumpstart our season, and instead it ended in an embarrassing home loss. So, they obviously, the schedule works out for them here with the Cardinals getting the third-string quarterback. Um, the division sets up for them. There's no team. There's no Jaguars in this Southern division making a charge, looking to steal the division. Just take care of business, and yet – to the Mark's viewpoint on things sometimes, like, does it even matter? Because when this team or whatever team's comes out of the South, it's just a countdown to their uh I did tell you that the NFC South winner would win a home playoff game, though. And I think if of, of all those teams, it would be the Bucks because I could see them randomly. But why? But not, why? Well, no, I'm not saying it's yeah. to anyone's pleasure. I just yeah. could see no, the No, but Bucks. I mean, but like what – I know you What's could just say change? Tom Brady, what? but like why will this team because, be the team? Cause, because maybe be, – because things are weird. I've got a this season's so weird. So that first half of that game, Tony Romo was going crazy about it. Maybe, uh, almost, maybe almost too crazy. He almost fainted. <laughs> but he was really impressed that they started changing what they do offensively. Like, they're such a static team. And it's like, like the rest of the NFL, we'll start doing motion. Let's start doing play action on early downs. Let's stop running on early downs. And it worked for a half, and then they had a t- four turnovers and 11 plays. So if they're changing their approach offensively, that could help. And then the schedule, certainly. You can't clinch the division this week, uh, but you close with the Panthers and Falcons. Can you see them winning three straight games and feeling better about themselves? I could. I, 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 I kind of think that will happen. To, to battle my own point, I still think they're the team that we... From another we, angle. We, yeah, from, an, from another angle of my own angle. Um, I... We keep saying this is the team that will somehow kind of no, mend I, their issues. I and just like, mean, this uh, is who they are. no, I, I'm with you, but you can't go against your own angle. From another angle, from my own but angle. But I just, you can though, because it's called, it is, it is. He's um, a showman. Right. You could call it hypocritical, but it's not. You're actually like adding another layer to the show, Greg. One of so the segments you, you of the show. To learn how one of the can. segments of the show is both sides of the fence with with Mark Sessler. That one is yeah. That's, that, a, segment, that's, an that's a segment one. within that show. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> CBS reported Jonathan Jones that the Cardinals are expected to part ways with GM Steve Kine uh, in the off season. Well, and, you know, I wonder if you go if Cliff Kingsbury could be t- one of these He's get rid on, of him before the season to find out, you know, get an early jump on the search. I don't know who's running indefinite, the search. Indefinite. I wonder if like the um the sensitivity around the Kime situation uh will stop them from doing anything like that, but the like before the end of week 18, but they'll say goodbye to Kime. And then what if they kind of want Sean Payton in there to work with? Well, Kyle I'm Ray. saying like you could say go- yeah. goodbye to Kime and then you hire a new GM or maybe you hire Sean Payton to do it all. Um, but I, yeah, it does feel like they, this thing's about to. I hate when these teams <laughs> hire like Corn Ferry to find their new coach. It's always annoying to me. I mean, we. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, it's in, we, we, this hasn't been mentioned on the show and I feel like we should. And, and this probably will be the last time we mentioned Kime is that the offensive line coach is alleging 
that he didn't do anything because of mistaken identity. <gasps> that, and he looks exactly like Steve Geim. Where's this? He said that? It was the in a statement release. Respecting a woman is a core value for me. The mysterious allegations by the Cardinals are untrue. I want to clear my name. Be it a miscommunication or mistaken identity, my family and I will cooperate fully and honestly with the NFL Cardinals Whoa. or any agency to restore it's my a bit of a reputation. It was a couple of weeks ago, though. And then, but and then sort time of fl- disappears shortly thereafter. Okay. What? this Why? See... Why isn't Hard Knocks talking about this stuff? I they have they have uh, I oh, I've not tracked the last two episodes, Greg, but I feel like they've dodged some of these issues. I actually the- watched uh, a couple ones ago to see if you'd get anything extra from Kyler, uh, the Kyler thing, and I've just sort of fast forwarded, and they still they didn't give you any insight. It was What's the point of the show. Well, the, the summertime the, Hard Knocks, tough. it's it's hope season. There's optimism. You cover the team, you cover the underdogs, setbacks, uh, victories. If you're gonna do in season Hard Knocks. I think you got to cover it warts and all because yeah. you're in you're now you're in battle with these teams and there are in the war there are battles that you win and there are battles that you lose and if you only cover the battles you win or, and gloss over everything else is it well, the best program that's no it's not hard knocks by the New York Times though obviously so there's you know there's <laughs> other things going on here is that another show idea it is reach now. out to New York Times. <laughs> um, no, NFL Films has done brilliant work over the years, but there are challenges inherent to doing the. I don't. I show. don't even put it on HBO. I think it's the team saying, like, we're gonna. Even though all this is out there, we're gonna act like if you're not seeing it on Hard Knocks, they got, it doesn't they exist. got some tough luck with this team. This would might have been the number one team not to follow. Uh, I think you're right about that. Finally, there is a Monday night game, Monday Night Football from Lucas Oil Stadium. More Colts in primetime. Okay. More Chargers in primetime. We could live with this, that. This is a weird Christmas Chargers uh, at Colts, 8-6 and six Chargers, who are in very good position now to make the playoffs. In fact, I don't want to hear any excuses around the Chargers this year. I know they've, they're still missing guys, and they're not fully whole, but they've gotten guys back. They're playing much better of late. Herbert's playing out of his mind now. Mike Williams has made a huge difference. They're all the way up to number nine in the Dan Hansis power rankings. Wow. And and here we are now. You have the Colts, your next three opponents, Colts, Rams, Broncos. Combined record, 12-29-1. You are 8-6, and six Chargers. It is murky as hell at the bottom of the wild card race, but you absolutely need to get out of there with at least 10 wins and go to the dance. So they, No excuses. Absolutely. Maybe the only excuse is that they're going against BDN. Mr. Nick Foles is back in the mix, starting this game over. Well, Matt why Ryan. are you so excited about this? I'm not. Well, I'm not uh, it's good to see Nick again. He adds, I'm really that, to see he adds that a little anymore, juice to I, my yeah. Monday night recap. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is great. You know what? He actually played ex- very well. You're so in, loyal. In the one game that he played last year against Russell Wilson, no one will ever remember that game, but it was like a shootout Bears-Seahawks, and, and the Bears had a crazy comeback. Nick Foles was a member of the Bears. I don't think he'll do it this week, though, because he's on the Colts, and he's going against an improving Chargers defense. That's what's been really encouraging. I think Brandon Staley's kind of been in his bag the last two weeks with really good game plans. They're getting a pass rush. Derwin James uh, appears to be trending towards a return. Joey Bosa might return in the next week or two. Probably not this week. Rayshon Slater might return before the playoffs. Look out. They could actually be a team you don't want to face. And if they can keep it going defensively, that changes this team because they had so many problems defensively and they should be able to shut down this Colts team. You said this about the Vikings, that you wanted to see the Vikings finally just 
obliterate someone and just flex their muscles and enough with this. Like the Chargers are kind of the AFC's Vikings on some level and that seven of their eight wins have been by six or fewer points. Like they just don't blow teams out. And it's like their defense is has gotten so much better. I think Brandon's the idea that Brandon Staley was going to get usurped by Sean Payton uh, is always possible, but I think he's done a that lot was to your say. Idea. You yeah, but I mean, I think he's also mentioned like the West Coast. I want a California team. I want a quarterback. It's like the Chargers just are that team. And it's like, I don't know. Brandon Staley's plan looks like it exists today right now. But you're right. Like, this is the most chargery type thing would be to not close out of a playoff you spot here. Not. You just simply have to go do it. You do not come out of these last three games with at least two wins. And you really should win all three if we are to take you seriously. And, yeah, the, the Matt Ryan thing, it's it's really a bummer. It's sad. To, for a guy that has had statistically a Hall of Fame considered career, um, an MVP, everybody knows about 28-3. Now, considering where his career is, the level of his play, the fact that obviously the Colts are moving on, there's a pretty decent chance that 33 nothing. Uh, to 39-36 is his last game he right. ever plays. Right. So he has the most famous playoff meltdown ever. Uh, not him alone, but he played a part in it. And his career could end on on the greatest comeback or the greatest collapse ever by a team. It's just it's kind of some Greek tragedy stuff. I, I think it could go higher than that too because he's still owed 12 million guaranteed. They signed up for not just this year, but you go to over the cap. He's owed 12 million guaranteed next season. And if they try if they do just He'll cut never him, play for them again. Right. And if they just cut him, it's an $18 million dead money hit. So again, that's on Chris Ballard for year. How many million years in not a row? According to the owner. Well, I, I just wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if things could change just because it's like it, Chris Ballard. How many years do you get to solve the quarterback? I would thing? not have liked to be in that conversation or to hear that conversation between Jeff Saturday and Matt Ryan. That <sighs> no, brutal. no. Yeah, but if you're from Man. another angle, if I'm Matt Ryan, I'm kind of like, get me out of here. I don't mind, you know. I just he's a, obviously a proud guy and a competitor and yeah. a good team. For it, it just, uh, it's kind of sad. It's tough. You are a factory of sadness. One last thing on this game: the Chargers, as <laughs> you know, they just line up, they're an AFC South team. Doesn't you know, Justin? <laughs> as they uh, start this game, they might know that they can clinch a playoff spot this week. So they need a Raiders loss. Mm-hmm. Possible. I mean, we the Rainmaker believes so, and, and Mark locked it up. So mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, a Jets loss uh, and either a Pats or a Dolphins loss. It's a somewhat realistic scenario for the Chargers to go into this game knowing they can clinch this week. That would be great for them. Very good. There's the Week 16 preview. Uh, reminder, no Friday Fun Show this week, but we will have a TNF recap special uh, with uh, – uh, my dad and myself, Jets, Jaguars. And remember, we're, we're launching at some point our own network now. Uh, and some of the programming will include From Another Angle with Mark Sessler, uh, The Showman Show, Man. Uh, we have uh, Backdoor Wrong. Uh, that's an after-hour show. Mm. Uh, what else? Oh, we had uh, Flapjacks. Uh, and Flop Jobs. And Flop <laughs> Flapjacks and flop jobs, I mean, which is our flop morning show. Jobs over flapjacks. Yeah, yeah. Flop jobs. I over feel like flapjacks. flop jobs is so good on its own. Well, Do you we need got flapjacks in the title. Yeah, but that's our, it's but, our morning show, though. It's our morning show. Yeah. Okay. I know you can you can have it, but that's just, just the title. But yeah, Wimble- Wimbledon's a nice title. But <laughs> breakfast at Wimbledon adds in a whole other yeah, layer that's, to it. Yeah, right? we're trying to Greg. brand it. That's all, Greg. Just, and don't forget the new know. game show, Win Mark's Old Football Magazines. Win Mark's Old Football. Right, and I also were we're violently taking control of this guy gets it and pulling it from wherever it was before. Not sure right. where that was to this new network. And I've also been in contact with uh, Joe Rogan on some type of uh, ultimate fighting type program. It's a great so, network. Out of the mix. 
It's gonna change. It's gonna bring cable television back to where it was 15 to 20 years ago. Stupid. <laughs> all right. Thank you to everybody. Um, we'll see you. I was gonna say Merry Christmas and all that, but that, we'll be back before then. So till uh, Christmas Eve. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.